Yeah. Mm. Everyone trying to be the next, uh, you know, Logan YouTube Paul. star. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so how did you... Let's go back to the start. How did you get into uh, martial arts in general, man? Um, actually, originally, uh, my mum my said she put me in when I was six because I had an anger problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what were you doing? Be- um, being up, be- being up when uh, you want you, reception. She's, I don't know. She said she said I was like de- uh, the devil when I was young. Actually, all of my family say that. All of my granny and my aunties and they all say that I was just a little demon. Yeah. Um, my mom kind of jokes that she said she'll check my my scalp every now and again to look for the little six six six. Because because she'd be like, um, you are a terror. So apparently, I used to torment everyone and. She she reckoned I had a lot of anger issues, which I may have. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, what was the first martial arts that she introduced you to? Uh, to Taekwondo. So, which is um, there's loads of Taekwondo back in Ireland actually. I don't know if you have much of it here. I haven't. Well, I haven't looked it up. But um, I mean, yeah, there's a presence here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty much um, that was like what you would put your kid into. It'd either be like Taekwondo or soccer. Okay. Or, or maybe maybe boxing or something. Yeah. They were like kind of the three most popular ones. Yeah, so she put me in when I was six into Taekwondo. Um and then yeah, I just became obsessed with I think I told you the last time I met you with like Bruce Lee and Jean Claude Van Damme and stuff. All that, that sort of stuff. Time. It was all that kind of time. Although it was probably after because that was that would have been like ninety six. So yep. probably it was all, all ongoing then. But, um, I think all that stuff was like a movement back in the day, though. Like mm. those, all those figures were still really prevalent in the nineties. Like yeah. I mean, that's what I remember growing up with. Like yeah, yeah. seeing old Bruce Lee movies and mm. Bloodsport and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because there was no UFC then, so no, there, there was, was there was no proving ground. So it's like these guys. I know that it's. Know. Like, I always think about that. Like now we know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And there really was a time where, like, you didn't know, no. and you could just say, "Hey, look, I've got the secret sauce," and yeah. You'd hear stories like of guys, or you'd see guys in movies, and I st- you still get people saying it to you. you. Still get people going like, "Oh, but like, have you seen that like Aikido, and it worked, do, and do it's you? really good?" And I'm like, "Have you ever seen someone use Aikido in the UFC?" Yeah. <laughs> well, there, you, there's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever come across? Because that's happened to me probably twice in the last couple of years, where I've come across people who uh, will do a martial art. Uh, probably like one of the really generic traditional kind of ones yeah Yeah, but maybe with a little bit of like maybe their instructor says some sort of juju to it and they're yeah, like this yeah. is like the death touch and yeah. don't ever use this on anyone because yeah. if you do like yeah. and it's funny like I meet these people and they're like legit think that they like they fully believe it they're yeah. like this would this would work yeah. like it doesn't matter what you know yeah they really believe it and it's just like I'm like and this like often these people are just normal people who just fell into the wrong because yeah, you're, you're so impressionable, right? When you go into, um, you know, any sort of martial art type world, right? Like mm-hmm. your instructor is like, your, your sensei, your coach, like is everything, right? They seem yeah. untouchable, especially when you first begin. Yeah. So if they say something, you're like, well, I mean, they can kick my ass every other way. Like yeah, exactly. this seems no different than that. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, so yeah, ba- I think bad martial arts schools do. Yeah. B- it's, it's like a form of Stockholm syndrome or something. Yeah. It's like, you like, you just believe. I used to believe that one of my instructors was one of the Power Rangers. <laughs> because he because he because he just told me one day and i was like you do move like i'm actually it's like i, I kind of believe you now and you just believe anything yeah and i would have thought at that time that my original instructors um who were actually were still friends with and stuff but um i would have thought that they were just the best things since sliced bread you know but um 
yeah those videos are the best on like facebook and stuff when you see the oh i love that do you watch oh. that uh, what's that youtube channel mag dojo yeah and it's just <laughs> all just exposed martial arts and stuff and it's, like so, some of them are ridiculous like the energy ones and stuff and now i believe in energy in a different way but not like i can knock you down with energy i saw, I saw one today man it's this guy who like this guy's coming this like big stocky russian looking guy there's these guys coming behind him and they're like trying to like massage his back and he's beating mm. them up just using his yeah. shelf. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. There was but, one I saw recently with a, with a guy uh, who's supposed to be like, and this is why I'm kind of, I'm against a lot of, hold on, how do I phrase this so I don't sound, um, you know, a lot of those self-defense for women kind of type classes, but where it's someone who doesn't really know what they're doing teaching it and they teach them stuff that will actually just give them a false sense of confidence because they're showing them stuff that won't, definitely won't work. And it was like one of those where it was a guy was like um, doing like a rear naked choke. Would you, oh, you do jujitsu? So yeah. You know, he was doing like a rear naked choke, and the guy was he was telling the girl to like dig her chin into his um, like the pit of his the crease of his arm, which is good, good, but then just to like push down or something on his on his arm, and then he was like letting go of the choke, being like, ah, oh, my wrist, like because he was yeah, because he's holding. Um, obviously you guys are listening but if you know a rear naked choke <coughs> he was kind of holding his own hand actually he was doing it like this he was holding it like a gable grip he was holding his own hand and as she was pushing his arm down he was saying that it was like hurting his wrist but like telling someone that kind of stuff what is your so as someone who's done this professionally what's your take on a lot of those uh, self-defense courses yeah no I just I tell everyone just the, the only real thing is you have to something for a long time like jujitsu and I, I tell everyone jujitsu is the most effective martial art like hands down just from having done well boxing as well <laughs> like if you're a good boxer and um, boxing wrestling jujitsu i suppose would be the three most but like i think if you were to well it's been proven by the gracies if you if you um um put them all together jujitsu pretty much wins like a high level jujitsu practitioner will win hands down yeah um and well, that, even that's e where the original concept of the UFC came from. Yeah, of course. Well, e even with that, like, I think <coughs> a lot of the reason why those three martial arts, I mean, you know, that Muay Thai, mm. all of those do so well, it's just because mm. people do them for a long time. Mm. Like, there's heaps of sparring time in yeah. all of those disciplines. Yeah, like, just, just contact time, yeah. Just showing and that's up. And that's what it takes. Like, yeah. um, so when, when you see these kind of two-week courses, self-defense course, like, you, you, can't, you can't learn anything in two weeks. Oh no! Like, like nothing. You, you like could do, you could do it every day for a year and still be yeah. shitty at it. I don't like, know anything in life that I can learn in two weeks and be good at, like to a level that I'm, I'm confident defending myself on the street. Like it's fair enough if it's something like making cocktails. You do a two week course and at the end of it you might know some. There's stuff no dire consequences. Yeah, there's no dire consequences. But if you go after a two week course and you're like, right, bring it on. Well, that that's it, that's know? exactly my point. That's like why it's people, so dangerous. People yeah. do these things and then they have this false sense of confidence mm. and maybe in a situation where they should just like run just fucking run <laughs> no, i know run. like just, I just they're like everyone, and they're like you know what i got this like and it's yeah, like shit nah. no you don't yeah number one run if you can get out of there run yeah so taekwondo how long <laughs> taekwondo. Did you, how long did you stick to it before you moved into another discipline i actually i did taekwondo until i was um i think 11 or 12 and i and i developed this really intense fear of competition um and i remember so i took a break for a while because i remember telling telling my i got like my junior black belt which i was like you know black belts in those kind of martial i shouldn't down i shouldn't slag them a lot of the time in some of those martial arts black belts are handed out really easily you know it's just like a, a sake of show for a couple of year, a few years and you'll get it um but um um 
so like I had like just got my junior black belt and but I started to, yeah developing like a kind of a big fear around competition I just didn't want to do it I should have listened then <laughs> <laughs> instead of waiting another 17 years to, to kind of figure it out but um I thought yeah I just was scared of competition I took a break for a while <clears throat> when I was 11 and actually got really into like skateboarding and music and all this kind of went through like a um, like a goth um stage. Well, you probably had more of an art that you sort of faced yeah yeah i just had one of those kind of things where i was like right what will i do now you know so i was kind of throwing myself into everything so loads of skateboarding loads of loads of music um and then listen to loads of slipknot and metallica and stuff like that all the good stuff yeah but i was like walking around angry the whole time <laughs> just hoping that someone would like start a fight with me although i would have had no chance against them because i was still had didn't have no idea how to fight then really um but um and then eventually found my way back i think like when i was like 15 to taekwondo first and then the coach that i had then started uh, opened like I would say like uh, it would be an MMA gym, but it's not like an MMA gym would be these days. This is like way back, so um, he just opened a gym where there was multiple martial arts, <coughs> um, including jujitsu. But there wasn't really anyone teaching there that had a good understanding of jujitsu. It was just kind of like a time where everyone was just kind of trying to figure it out and stuff. Um, so he wouldn't be really be ridiculed for opening up a school where there's a white belt teaching jujitsu. This would have been two thousand and five. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so it's a good bit back um and that's when i started kind of getting more into different stuff like amateur boxing um amateur kickboxing and then eventually found my way to jujitsu actually the first time i saw jujitsu i was like what i just walked out i was like what is this because just rolling around on the ground if you it look from yeah no it doesn't it doesn't look appealing nah, at all at the start like not at all. it just looks like especially if you watch you know tradition you know no, uh the yeah. gi jujitsu mm. looks like people in pajamas just yeah. rolling around it feels happening? very different when you do it but mm. from the outside not yeah. very appealing and i was young and immature and i was like no nah, i want to hit things this is what is this so i went next door actually the first time i saw jujitsu was in my like my local community center and there was two classes going on at the same time there was jujitsu in one room and then shotokan karate in the other room and then we like looked at jiu-jitsu it was just myself and two of my friends and we were like nah we'll do karate <laughs> instead if only i had have started then i would have had a few years more under my belt because i was a really good gym as well it was next generation who i think the coach is, a, is an american guy but i forget his name right now is it chris brennan anyway it's, i think it's an american gym but they had a base in ireland as well oh, okay yeah they were good they're really good anyway um but um yeah when i first saw jiu-jitsu i was like nah not for me and then that same gym that I was in kind of started leaning more into MMA. And then um, eventually I kind of got sucked in um, when I was like 18, I suppose. So 2008. Uh, did yeah. you get sucked into MMA like via competition? Like Yeah, so then I just, uh, for a while, yeah, I just, I, I think I was kind of looking at the MMA guys coming in. They're all like older dudes, full of, like how I look now, full of tattoos and beard and stuff like. Um, and I was kind of like, what are these guys doing they don't know whatever anyway like a really immature view of it all but then eventually i was like i just started kind of getting getting interested in it and i think once you roll a couple once you do some jujitsu a couple of times you, you realize how legit it is because you just get played with like you're a baby yeah i mean <laughs> when you get someone who knows what they're doing yeah of course i mm. i tell everyone like you don't understand how defenseless like you are how malleable you are until yeah you have that first experience yeah it's pretty scary for for a lot of people so but then yeah if you're really into it you you have that experience and you go oh well i'm just gonna do this now 
or or you could go the opposite way and be scared of it and not want to go back. Yeah, <laughs> something happens. And some too. people do get that. They're like, yeah. I'm never doing this again. Yeah, it's because it's pretty daunting. Like it's because it could be like a, a a guy that's half your size and just like playing with you like you're you know a child. Yeah. Um, just completely emasculating you and demoralizing you. Um, but yeah, they the the gym that I was in, they actually held something akin to like an ultimate fighter kind of competition okay so it was like oh we're gonna you know there's gonna be two teams in the gym you're gonna train at different times and you're gonna know who you're gonna fight at the end of it all this kind of stuff it's pretty cool and how long did that go for um i can't even remember it was like you know a six week training period and oh well yeah you'd all fight then at the end of it and it was really cool like i did it with one of my friends he's still a good friend of mine now um and again uh, like we said about shying away from like he we both fought basically um we both won then on that Did night you that okay yeah, you didn't fight each other no and um, so we were like training together and we were doing like the most ridiculous <coughs> stuff like the night before because you had no clue what to do at that point we were like you're like we were like stocking up on like cans of monster and like we, we had like <laughs> just getting jacked yeah and we just punched yeah yeah and we <laughs> had like morning, um, just absolutely crashing exactly we had like in like a like a chinese takeaway and stuff we're like oh it'd be good protein in this you know and then <laughs> like carbon up and stuff and then like next day we're just like drinking cans of monster and just listening to music and like jumping up and down and just trying to hype ourselves up like crazy we had no clue what we were doing um, and it was the fight was so back then it was like in a in a boxing ring still there was no real rules per se like and we were wearing like pro gloves so now in mma there's there's amateur gloves which are like seven ounces usually a bit more padded okay um i think they generally have the thumb padded as well um because on a normal mma gloves and pro mma gloves the thumb is exposed but i think on amateur they're, they're covered it depends on where you are and stuff but um um, but we were wearing like pro gloves which is which is basically like a fist it's nothing it's all it is is to protect you from like cutting cutting more you know yep. so it's still gonna hurt <laughs> a lot but it just it's, it minimizes cuts a little bit more you know um and maybe stops you and then you wrap your hand and stuff with that to stop you probably cr- breaking your hand with uh with the rules like just like standard in may rules or was it like you can't strike when you get to the ground yeah it was like that it was a bit weird but nobody like, really knew it was just like this weird hybrid rules where yeah you couldn't strike when you got on the ground kind of anything goes in lost, you, unless you, people went going too crazy kind of thing yeah it was kind yeah. of strange you know um so <laughs> and it was in a ring so it's kind of different so but um yeah it went well <laughs> like um but the like i remember like i kind of i won by tko but it was so strange because basically i like i hit the guy in the second round or something i hit him with like a, a, a straight right cross or something and he just hit the hit like hit the ground and couldn't get up but then i was like well there's no point in me getting on top of him because i can't hit him on the ground so what what am i gonna do because i didn't really know jujitsu at that point oh okay yeah. so i kind of just was like looking at him was like get up and then he like couldn't get up and then this sort of we we're just like all right fight over because he just couldn't get up yeah so it was a bit weird um i, th- I think i kind of just decided the fight was over i was just like all right i win kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the ref was like uh, i guess you do yeah the ref was like okay <laughs> he's like well this guy won't get up so yeah yeah well um, i think i think that's a fair take but like uh, in retrospect like i should have jumped on and done something i could have just arm locked him or something yeah. but like it just se- seemed really like anticlimactic or something <laughs> i was like what am i gonna do you were too I hyped up there? on the monster yeah right? <laughs> i was like oh, i need to wish i could punch people in the head and um, but um they got rid of those rules soon after i think now it's like you can you can do everything um i think you just have to be um, more padded up or something yeah i, I kind of forget um but uh yeah so that was nine. Oh, so i think it was 19 when i had that fight and that was my first kind of fight and then after that 
feel like because every fight I've had up until then, like kickboxing and boxing and stuff, uh, what I remember most is just this feeling of like because I'm, I'm quite claustrophobic. Um, but they're like wearing all the different head guards and big gloves and big shin guards and foot guards and all this kind of stuff I always hated and then that feeling in the first fight of just having nothing but just shorts and gloves on I absolutely loved like it was just like a real free feeling okay. yeah. um, so afterwards I was like yeah that's this is what I want to do um, and then I think I had like a few more fights then and opened my actually, I actually took over my original coach um, I forget that I did this but I, when I was when I, so I was 19 and the day the week after that fight i was due to take over my original coach's gym because he just wanted to retire like he's just oh, like, okay he's like yeah. i'm done <laughs> and uh he was like you should take it over kind of thing so like on that night I remember he gave me like the keys for the gym oh like, wow like, yeah, like just like that's yeah it, he's like, all right to- off you go um and like kind of did briefly show me how to keep books and stuff like that for yeah like, um, didn't listen um, you know and how to kind of get money out of people I don't know you know just <laughs> basic, get money out of people. you know what I mean like basic <laughs> I know, stuff like, I know what you mean like basic accounting how to manage like, your memberships yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Um, I had no clue at all so then I like took over that gym at 19 like and then I had like what was that experience like at 19 oh it's I don't it's just crazy like I I don't know what I was doing like I was just um, I don't know why I did it I did so much of my life um, up until a certain point where I just I don't even know why I did stuff I don't know if you are like that at all or you know you do stuff because you think that's what you should do or whatever it's like you're not you're not thinking for yourself you're just kind of oh yeah I think I've only just very recently yeah. like had this realisation of like I don't need to do shit I don't want to do yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I just did because it's like that's expected of me you know why wouldn't I do that you know because I'm you know that's the next step for me or whatever yeah I don't know what it was I feel like I was asleep for half my life um and uh yeah so it was just a strange experience because i was like a kid basically trying to run a gym of men and some kids obviously as well and so how, how did you how did so i started coaching at a young age mm, and i yeah. had to i always had this weird like um you know it's just weird having to coach adults mm, like it's mm, a strange feeling like yeah. great like coach grown men manage yeah. their egos things like that like mm. Uh, mine wasn't in martial arts it was in fitness but it's still like a strange concept how did you manage you know or navigate through that i think terribly <laughs> i think terribly is the answer i barely rem- like I, I, that being said though i still have a lot of people who i did train at that time who would still like write to me and stuff now and and um like i'd be friends with them and stuff now so i don't think i did a terrible job but it's just weird <laughs> like now although there is coach there is young coaches out there um, oh, that guy just uh, see that that guy um, I forget his name he's, just, he's the youngest ever black belt he just got it recently oh yeah uh, me, me uh, Galvao what's his name yeah, uh, I don't know his name yeah but he's 17 yeah 17 yeah, yeah, like, so it does exist like you know people and I and I, I did know more because the thing about coaching is you just have to stay a few steps ahead of um, yeah of course that's yeah. not that's not how you want to do it <laughs> but if you 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 could as long, do it as long as you way. know more than the person you're you teaching know. something to. a bit more <laughs> that's yeah. It, yeah yeah as long as yeah but that's definitely not a good way to go about it but uh, you could do it like that so you I know what i remember a few years ago i realized that's how most coaching maybe not necessarily in martial arts because mm. people do tend to have Ooh, a, a deep uh but probably like heaps of things in life it's like um you know you, let's say you have to do a two-day course for mm. uh whatever it is right for your work mm. and then you go somewhere and you this person's teaching you this thing and they seem like they really know what they're doing and then mm. by the end of the course you realize you know what you just know like marginally more than you Mar- just yeah and if you don't know the right questions to ask you like those people there's a lot of those people in the world and they do fine like i just have to like 
go on the internet at night, get my program, uh, get you to do it the next day. And if you don't ask me any like deep questions about why I'm doing something or what muscles are involved or what happens if yeah. X or what happens if Y, then like I can do fine, like you know. Yeah. Um, which is really sad, but it, it's kind of the truth. It's crazy. Um, it's only when you get people who know what they're doing. Like if I did a coaching session with someone here in this gym, for example, and I asked them a question like why this, or and they don't have an answer for me, I'll be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, you know, because I need to know that you know what you're doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's 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 me who competed as a professional athlete. Like it's, um, there's mo the vast majority of people will just are fine with just getting a program and just kind of going through it. Yeah. Regardless of their technique and whatever, they just feel they're just happy to be out of the house doing something. Yeah. So it is a weird industry like that. And martial arts, like we said, it can be like that because you just need to know a bit more. So. Um, it's definitely it definitely happens still happens for sure yeah i i see this is the thing that really it still mind boggles me about the martial arts world because it should be a meritocracy because mm. you can literally go out there and prove it mm -hmm. but the average consumer doesn't know it. doesn't know it doesn't care mm -hmm. like you know as long as you're as long as the instructor looks like <laughs> they say they're the part like yeah. that's enough mm. and it doesn't whereas like you know you might have an instructor down the road who's actually got all the accolades or whatever. Mm. Um, but to the general person, they're like, yeah, but this guy looks, maybe he looks tougher or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's a Cobra Kai kind of vibe or something. Yeah. Or what was that? Was it Napoleon Dynamite, that movie with the guy with the American uh, karate pants? Was it, was it Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, I don't know. He's got like these shiny um, uh, pants. <coughs> He's a karate, oh, yeah. karate teacher with like yeah. American flag. He's like, look at these bad boys. <laughs> you think anyone wants a roundhouse with these on? <laughs> you know? Like if you just, yeah, people want, some people want that, that, that type of person. They just want they some do. badass kind true. of looking dude. Or, That's very true. Um, and you see it in those videos that we were talking about where people just love that kind of um, air of mystery around. And it's, to be honest, that's probably what got me into martial arts is that kind of more Eastern philosophy and air of mysticism and unknown. And, you know, that guy can kill you with one touch and all. It's very appealing for sure. Um, and for some people, that's 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 enough. That's what they want. You know, they um, that's good for them. And when they look at something like the UFC, they're like, oh, that's just street fighting. I'm not interested in that. You know, they're, it's it's almost like they're afraid of the real um, of real life, which is fine. You know, that's that's their thing. Yeah, of you know? course. No, no, I, kn I know what you mean. I think it is really interesting how people will dismiss things like mixed martial arts. Mm. Uh, Too brutal look for them or something. Yeah, and or, you know, it's it. I think it's one of those things where to the naked eye, you can't see the intricacies of. You you know you don't un you might not understand that person might be a brawler in mm. quotation marks, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they're choosing to do that style. That's yeah, and they can afford to do that because they understand like the takedown defense mm. and there's all these like things that you yeah. can't see as the yeah like Don Henderson or something yeah you know yeah like um, Olympic, Olympic wrestler right yeah yeah or and he, or he just has and like a big overhand right and like he just like that's all he needs but then you didn't have the to be able to land that right you need to know everything else about the game of course um even like Robert Whitaker's a bit of a brawler isn't he he's a bit of he's a good he's all rounder for sure but is doesn't he like to brawl most of the yeah time? I think he's he likes to stand he's a bit wild like, yeah yeah and yeah. um, but it's because he's so good. Yeah. You know, it looks to an untrained eye, it looks like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just like the guys on the street or whatever. Yeah, but, of course. But you need to, to get to that level is just, you know, so you, much work. You know what? Um, have you seen those old, like, uh, Gracie challenge videos? Yeah. Yeah, I love do, watching them. Do you know yeah. what I think is crazy? Mm. 
how many people back in the 90s just like savages would just be like yeah I'll just go up to this dojo and just like take on yeah. the instructor just it's so cool like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a movie I know yeah, like literally these guys were just going around the world being like whatever if you think you're the best in your martial art come and fight us like yeah. that's insane think about that happening now well now it doesn't need to happen because that was the birth of the UFC yeah of course so yeah it's that's the testing ground now but it's it's so cool even if have you seen the video of, of them of Chuck Norris going to their school no, he, I haven't. Was, I mean, I, I know that they were. Yeah, he was in together, he yeah. was in Brazil and he did the same thing. And he went and he just got like choked out in like a minute. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, I'm pretty pretty sure he took it up after that." Didn't he did. He? Yeah, he yeah, did yeah, 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 yeah. So like, it's uh, it's really cool. And that um that documentary choke on uh, it's still I think it's pretty sure it's still on YouTube. It is uh, on YouTube. But yeah. the Gracies like so. If anyone listening hasn't seen that, it's definitely worth a watch if you want to get an idea of kind of the the origins of jujitsu or Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, that's a that's a very underrated. Uh, documentary yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the, you don't have to be into martial arts to appreciate it like it's just it's just fascinating one, yeah it is yeah and even and what i like about that one is it um it has a lot of concepts of yoga in there as well that you can kind of look over but i like watching it back now that i'm more into yoga and stuff like that and uh and seeing how that is applied to so they all kind of interlink with each other well i think mm. there's so much to i think i look back on that as well now <coughs> There's so much, like, uh, you know, Hickson had such a good understanding of, like, mm. what like what matters to the physicality of the mm. body. Like, mm. as far as, like, yeah, like, you know, strength, you know, fitness, cardio. Mm. But then you need the suppleness. You need to have, like, this. Because you do master a different part of your being yeah. when you pursue aspects like yoga, like breath work. Yeah. I think that's what he was kind of trying to say. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just mastery of self, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah in all aspects yeah because you can like fighting is one thing but uh, sitting still is another you know well no, that's the thing <laughs> you, the need to be, you need to be good at both and to the person who likes to do not doing is the challenge it's mm. way more of a, you know what I mean like somebody who likes training yeah to train every day is not a challenge yeah. like it's probably not to train is the challenge yeah. that you probably need to pursue 100% yeah over training or anxious training as John used to call it um, you just feel like oh, I have to do something because if I'm not doing something, then you know I'm, I'm not doing I'm, I'm not getting ahead, and that's kind of drilled into you from movies as well. You know, when you see like uh, those training montages, and then there's a guy hitting the bag at nighttime while the other guy's sleeping. You're like, oh, he's more dedicated. Yeah. But in actual fact, if he was sleeping, he'd probably do better. He'd probably be rec- <laughs> he'd be recovering from the training yeah, session. Yeah, be, be, why are you training at Why are you training at like yeah, you're eleven o'clock at night? Yeah, you just you're, you're compromising your gains, bro. <laughs> yeah. But um. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Um, yeah, jujitsu uh, is is so interesting, or um, martial arts in general is still super interesting. Although I'm quite removed from it now, in the sense that like I don't like obviously I still watch the f- big fights and all this kind of stuff, and I still when I watch it I still get that like itch, being like oh like I'd love to do it again or whatever. But it's just it's very um, superficial, you know. I'd be doing it. Um, it would be my ego that wants to do it for the for the attention really if i really broke it down or like for that to be that guy again who does that you know but um still interesting i like watching it now and i have a bit more of a um um like i've taken a backseat a bit more and i can kind of observe more um and it kind of carries through to my training as well like because i'm not i'm not worried about how i look when i'm doing stuff or whatever and so all the jiu-jitsu i was doing in ireland before i came here well as much as i could do with the, everything being locked down it was just more I don't know more more chilled like less like like ah I need to be good I need to win I need to do this it's more just like appreciating the art or something and 
yeah just like gone back to that kind of original martial artist kind of style that I, that originally appealed to me rather than a professional uh like uh, what's it call it a um What's the word they use? Professional fighter? Yeah, what there's a prize fighter. Like, prize fighter, yeah, yeah. Like you're fighting for money. You're yeah. Fighting, yeah. Okay, here's, here's a good uh, question for you. How do you different? What do you think is the difference between a martial artist and a prize fighter? <sighs> yeah, it's just is, diff- there, is, there, is there a difference? <clears throat> well, one can be the other, you know. Um, they, they, they're interchangeable for sure. But I think what, what a lot of people get confused about is they... they there, there is this kind of romantic idea of what a fighter, what a prize fighter is, because you, you only see the glitz and the glamour and the, the highlight reels and the, you know, UFC embedded shows where, like, you know, if you watch back and you see all the cool stuff, all the sexy training, we call it, you know, you see, like, all the old old ones with, like, George St. Pierre, where he's going to, like, gymnastic academies and he's swimming in the pool and he's doing, like, that's all the really, like, more romantic stuff about it and you, than the wins and the fans and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and yeah some of the martial arts side of it you know you can see all that but at the end <laughs> at the end of the day like w- you'll know if you get if you ever fight you know it's it's really none none of that means really anything it's just like a kill or be killed sport like you're getting paid to 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 basically kill someone like if you think about it like and if you if you can't do it if you can't like almost kill someone then you don't do well in the industry you know because at the end of the day it's a business as well like it's like and then who who prospers in the business is the person who kills more basically um and you can kind of forget that and i would be one of those who would got like my friend uh, will flurry who still flight fights in bellator and stuff this is something he was always drilling into me like he's like this is not like this is not a, a jean-claude van damme movie it's not like you know throw a few nice kicks and um you know everything will be okay this is like you fucking kill the guy or you don't and you lose and then you, you you get paid half your money you you so you don't you don't make as much money and you're everything your career is compromised then because you're not going to get it you're not going to escalate uh, you're not going to get onto the next bigger fight or whatever it's um it's a very different very different thing like prize fighting and martial arts are very different thing although they are interchangeable you know like a prize fighter can be an excellent martial artist like if you look at like george st pierre or uh wonder boy or I think any of the top guys like if you look at them they they kind of have that some of them are more um martial artsy <laughs> i suppose um but um even connor like you know he does have elements of him that is just he's just an amazing martial artist but at the end of the day he just loves killing people you know <laughs> how as someone who pursued it like for a bit like mm. how do you manage uh like that violence that you're uh, I guess committing to someone. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, that's what <coughs> that was the biggest kind of um, uh, um, what's the word? Like kind of tear in myself, like kind of co- conflict within myself was just I never wanted to. Like no, when I was young, I did for sure because I was much angrier, um, and I was in fights, and I lo- I just loved it. Like I loved kind of the idea of of dominating someone else, um, but I think it just faded away. You know after. I can't even pinpoint, to be honest, um, a time. Um, but after a few fights with SBG, so I started fighting with SBG in 20, I'm going to say 2013, um, after I actually moved to Australia. So I ran that gym for a while. Um, <clears throat> then I kind of had a bit of a falling out with that, that instructor. Um, and then I opened my own gym 
um, in my local area um, and that I just again had no idea how to run anything so um, that kind of fell through after about eight months or something what were you um, teaching in the gym so i was still like at the time like i didn't i didn't deem myself qualified to really teach um mma or any of that kind of stuff even though i had a few fights so i was actually just teaching kids taekwondo okay yep. and then i had brought in some coaches to teach like kickboxing and mma who, yep. would, who would be more seasoned you know and i had a strength and uh, conditioning guy in there as well it was actually really really good like and it was really nice uh, facility i um i got um i convinced someone um to, to to basically give me some money to um to put into the place and uh, and he never wanted it back it was just like a, a gift basically because he kind of had a bit of belief in what i do and um, with the one stipulation that i never tell anyone who it was um but uh and look those things we're gonna i'm gonna lead this conversation after we go through your history like yeah. down more of the woo stuff but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that's such a thing in life right like um I think if you meet enough people, mm. like that's happened to me quite a few times where I've had people who are like, if you ever want to invest in something, like mm. just hit me up. Yeah, because they just believe in you as a person. Yeah, yeah, and like sometimes you just have to like ask, just check with the universe. Like, mm. and I think it's about what you're putting out. Like people pick up on what you're putting out there yeah. and if they can pick up on your genuineness, your authenticity. Like at that time, like I didn't want to have a gym to make money. I wanted to have a gym because I wanted to have a place for all these people to go to, um, to just to train. That was it. That was all. It. And I wanted it to be to be a nice place in in the area and kid like all because there was nothing like that in in my area so i think people just pick up on that yeah yeah 100 percent. Mm. so you have strange. this gym yeah and then it d didn't work out and I, then i moved <coughs> then i moved here to australia to melbourne um with my last girlfriend um because she was gonna go anyway and i kind of like tagged along and i was like perfect and i was kind of what year is this to 2013 that was maybe 2012 i think 2012, 2012. yeah yeah so um and i was kind of done at that point cause because so when i opened up that gym i got a lot of backlash from other coaches and stuff um because they were like why are you opening up this gym up here because there's, there's another one a few kilometers away and you know you don't know you're from a traditional background and you don't know what you're doing and all this kind of crap came up and actually funnily enough um john was one of the people who backed me up he didn't know okay, me. Yep. didn't know me at that point at yep. all but he just kind of came in john's a quite a reasonable thinker um sorry i'm talking about john Kavanagh. i was gonna say yeah, like who is uh connor's coach and was my coach as well um and he kind of came in saying like well look he's just trying to you know do this he's not really in direct competition he's just opening a gym in his area like it's fine it kind of helps the promotion of martial arts in general but at that time people were very like protective of like no we're the only people who can i'm sure you get it in gyms still yeah um, yeah i mean i think this know, happens in any type all of sport all yeah the time. Yeah, yeah, probably every industry to be honest, um, cafes and all that kind of stuff as well. I've seen it in um, later in life, um, but um, the yeah, so it's kind of just oh, it was just a lot like, and then I had to close the gym and I had to pay people like coaches and stuff, and but I didn't have money. I was trying to like, get money, and it was just all this big, a whole mess that I really wanted to get away from. So coming to Australia was great because it was like all right, I'm out. <laughs> and then. Uh, went no i sorted everything yeah, I yeah sorted everything out yeah. and then i and then i and i came over and then and i think i spent a couple of months like not doing anything and then i then i found the absolute mma and um it was this it was in the one the city that i went to actually when i i think when i joined there was only one in the city i think now there's one in st kilda as well and there's maybe one somewhere else i'm not sure but um i ended up going there and just putting on a gi because i'd never done gi jiu-jitsu until even, okay even you've only done no gi yeah everything was no gi because it was all aimed at MMA. So yeah. that was the first time I put on a gi. And um, 
and then I got really into like jujitsu there, um, and that's when Connor was kind of just coming into the UFC. When okay. I was, when I was leaving, um, a couple of months before I left, which would have been April twenty third, twenty. <laughs> I can't remember twenty thirteen. Um, Connor had just was fighting Marcus Brimage that first fight in the UFC, and I was watching it like in I was in Sydney. And I was watching that fight, and I was like, "That's what I'm gonna do when I get home. Like, I'm just gonna join SPG because I knew about SPG. Um, before you, if you saw their name on on like a competition list, you're like, "Oh, they're gonna be good." Yeah, they always had that reputation, you know. And then I, um, I had a friend who was fighting for them. Um, Chris Fields, his name, I think he still, still, f- kind of fights, but he's coaching. Um, he has his own gym now, and uh, he was from a similar area to me, so he kind of got me into that gym, and and that was just when Connor was coming up. Um so it was interesting interesting time to so i jumped in right as it was all starting into sbg and stuff um was there a lot of other people that did something similar to you that kind of flocked to that gym after seeing his kind of success it didn't seem like there was too many because it was still very early you know this was you'd only know if you were watching there wasn't that many people watching mma at that time that was like i said 2013 still quite small in ireland at that point um still very underground so like I, th- I was the newest guy there that I knew anyway you know um, it was a good while before anyone else came after me and I was just kind of doing the normal classes and then I had to you know the process is kind of like you message John you ask him can you come into a pro, pro session and then he lets you come in and if you have a decent enough background so I had to explain like what fights I've had and all this kind of stuff and then you just kind of test your test your grit I suppose um, so what's that process like oh, I was yeah it was pretty grim like he just ba- basically and uh, i don't want to don't want to make make it sound negative or anything but um just like everyone there is is a lot of them were professional fighters and i w- thought that i was you know a decent level fighter but i really really wasn't um but he was like all right you want to you want to see what you're made of then off you go and like just started like sparring with all these guys who are really 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 good um who i'd be friends with now and became my teammates and stuff but uh yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty, pretty bloody affair, you know, because they had a really small cage at that point, and I was just going in with these monsters, <laughs> basically, and just getting beat up for round after round after round. And I remember I had a white T-shirt on, and um, I came downstairs because this was it was like two levels, and John was basically like, "All right, uh, new guys upstairs in the cage," and just kept sending new opponents into me, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I uh, came downstairs. Um, afterwards and my white um t-shirt was like covered in blood and um he was like oh he's like uh you did you did okay or something and i was like oh no that that's mine he was like ah not as cool (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like not as cool when it's your own blood yeah and uh i was like yeah but uh then he was like all right see you tomorrow 12 kind of thing you know because i just stuck it out yeah whatever so um that was back in like a tree tree Sorry, I'll speak. Uh, so the Aussies going to tell me three <laughs> gyms back um, when it was in like a really small kind of gym. Um, yeah, and that was 2013. And then it was, I was there ever since until I left um, a few weeks ago, really, to, oh, to, wow, to yep. come here. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, they've got, they went from to another gym then. And now they're in their kind of final home, I suppose, in, in, in Dublin. It's a really big kind of gym, kitted out. Um, but yeah, and then I ended up just having whatever 11 i think i had 11 or 12 amateur fights and then uh five professional fights and f- after that 
or no, inclu- all, all inclusive, like with the first two that I had before. But yeah. So, what uh, in those moments, right? Like you know, you're testing yourself, yeah. and then you you prove yourself, and then you stay in. Mm. Uh, what was it like? What's your driver to? What was your driver to try and prove yourself in mm. in that sort of world? Um, yeah, I think actually lo- I realized that I was trying to answer something there and went off on a tangent. That's fine. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get back to it now in a second. Is um, that yeah, my joy? I don't know. It was just it was it was just ego, you know. Um, and sometimes ego can be good. Um, sometimes it can serve you well. And you know, in that sense, I think it did for a while. You know, um, I think I always just had something to prove. You know, because um, I went when I was younger, it was like bullied and stuff like that. Um, was uh, and I think I just always had something. I was like, oh, if I can just do this or do that or whatever. And so then when I found fighting, and I and I started realizing that people are, you know, like that, and people are like, oh, that's you know, got lots of respect for you because you do f- you get into f- like you yeah compete in fights and stuff like that. I think that's what I really loved the most. So I think my main driving factor was was unfortunately how how the impression that I or how other people would see me, you know. So I just enjoyed that being that guy you know well I thought I enjoyed being that guy um, so I think yeah sadly my, my main driving factor was, was, was that just well there was again there was an element of proving something to myself as well which is important so that's what I'm saying like ego can be can be good or bad so I was, half of me was kind of doing it for the wrong reasons but the other half of me was probably doing it for you know reasons just to prove to myself that I could do something that, that is quite difficult that not a lot of people would even want to do so why do you think some people like this probably doesn't just happen in fighting this happens in uh you know business it happens in ev- every aspect of life like everybody starts a thing because they want to prove s- something mm. to themselves or someone else mm. and often if you have the personality where you can stick to something in the grand scheme of your journey that will actually happen a lot sooner than later yeah and then i always find it interesting right like when i think of people like in business right like they're you know I have a gym. I've had two gyms. When I had two gyms, I was like, I'm not sure I want to have more than two gyms. Mm-hmm. And then I know people who have hundreds of gyms. Oh, well. And I'm like, there's like, there's levels to it, right? Yeah, there's, levels to it? That, yeah. there's levels to that ambition. Same with like somebody who becomes like a fighter, right? Let's say you, mm. you know, there's fighters who end up having like a 30 and 0 record, right? Like, you know, or 29 and 0, like a bit. Like, what do you think uh, drives people that just... Yeah, I don't know. If that's them. Because <laughs> it just, it, I didn't have enough of whatever that secret sauce is to, to um, just keep going and keep hammering away. Like, because um. I mean, you say it, you say it go away with certain people when they do reach a certain level of success. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Um, so having <coughs> exposure to someone like uh, Conor McGregor, in mm. your opinion, what was something that uh, made him special? See, it's really hard to know because you don't ever really know a person, you know, and you know you can't really you're not really in their head, you know. So I don't know if it's something to prove. Is it something? Is it trying to, to prove something, or is it that they're, they're trying to prove something? I'm not sure. I really don't know. I because I I spoke with my friend Will again just before we left about this, and I was kind of asking him like, because yeah, your why is very is a very thing, and that's eventually why why I left is because, um kind of these conversations started coming up between me and John and, and Will kind of just kind of asking do I still have a wire well like why you know and I started kind of exploring that and realised I didn't really have one anymore so um, 
but I, I, I think it's probably different for everyone I'm, I'm sure it's different for everyone but surely yeah there is one underlying tone or like sentiment or something that that it revolves around um but i don't know like it, when you will see a lot of fighters come from a broken you know situation um broken family or not all of them obviously but um a huge amount of them um one of my friends sam um i was gonna do i was gonna shoot a video with him before we left just kind of on his psychology around fighting and stuff like that and i just or just around just a promotional video really for him but i i like i like more the psycho psychological side so i started kind of delving deeper and asking him some questions and like i was asking him why he fights and, and for him he said it was because it's the only hard thing he has in his in his life he said everything else is easy like he has a, his family no no problems with his family he's got his you know not, doesn't have a broken family he's got a job like he's a good-looking guy you know he's got no issues he lives in a nice place like everything's fine and then he's nothing hard in his life and he wanted this to, this was the one thing that he does that's is challenging you know um that was his his reason um i don't like for will i think like i don't i don't want to paraphrase too much but like for him it was a lot of like yeah just just self mastery and self kind of and 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 like domination over other people it's i don't know what it is yeah but you get to the stage where you have one last fight mm. did you know leading up to that fight that that was it for you or oh, i actually felt great in that fight <laughs> Uh, in the last fight I had, I felt I felt I felt really good. I was like, "Oh, I have it sus now," kind of thing, because I felt amazing walking out. Um, maybe maybe somewhere, something in the universe or some part of me knew that it was going to be my last one somehow. I didn't know, but because um, I really enjoyed it, even though I lost, <laughs> I really enjoyed the process. And like, there was thousands of people in the arena, and it was. Um, I've got this photo still of me, like with my hand raised when they're like calling my name, you know, when you're in the cage originally. And like, just I'm just kind of looking around because I couldn't believe like the amount of like support and stuff that are out there that was out in the, in the arena. And that's my local hometown arena, which is the biggest kind of arena in, in Ireland that isn't like a football pitch or something. So it's a pretty big deal. I f that was the second time I fought there. Um, but I felt great in that one. And I, but then I did have another fight scheduled um, after that that I never did. Um, because I just all these conversations like I said were coming up with John and, and Will and um, kind of culminated in a conversation with Will and, and Janet my fiance um, we were all there we did um, after having like a burger or something and he was kind of saying to me you know we've got this sparring session on Friday um, I want you to try and kill the guy like literally just try and kill him he's like if you can't do that this sport isn't for you now and that's a very black and white way of looking at it but that, that's that's Will for you he's very like you know he, his nickname is the raw bastard um because he's just a sa he's an absolute like the definition of the word savage like um but uh and then i kind of just that just kind of for whatever reason sunk into my head and i was like i'm not willing to do that like i don't want to do that and then i just started really like kind of being like yeah what why am i doing this anymore i just didn't have that wide or that secret sauce anymore um and John was getting me to watch like Cinderella Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Cinderella Man. Yeah, it's Russell Crowe film. And he's like, watch that, and that's that's you know what you what the kind of thing that you need. That's the kind of motivation, self motivation you need. And for him, it was just money he was fighting for. Well, he says milk. He's like, I know what I'm fighting for now, milk, um, because he he was trying to feed his family and his kids and stuff like that. But then I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not like that. I've got other skills, you know. I was working full time at the time, still running like a coffee brand for uh, for a co or a company back home where I was doing all of the like um, marketing and all of the 
research and development and designing labels and um, developing coffee blends and you know all everything in, involved. I was like, I can do so much stuff. Like I can, um, I can coach. I can make videos. I can do podcasts. I can do all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't need to fight, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it was it was like a weird kind of like oh, and then like I think a couple of days later I, I rang Will and I was like. All right, I'm gonna retire, and he was like, "Good," because <laughs> he know he, he knows knew, yeah. he knew he knew yeah, he knew probably the right question to ask you. Yeah, he was just trying. He was kind of prodding me for for probably a year or so coming up to that, you know, for my benefit, you know. And now we're, we're really good friends, and there's no once we actually remove that because we just have sparring sessions stuff all the time. He would have been one of my main training partners. We just beat the shit out of me because <laughs> he well, he kind of he kind of beats the shit out of everyone in the gym. It's just kind of what he what he does. Um, he's just very very good very resilient like one of the most mentally kind of resilient pe- people you'll meet like and um, but once we kind of removed all that we our friendship like just became like way different and way better I would say because it's just you know um, like it just kind of there's no ego involved anymore there's not I wasn't trying to prove myself to him anymore because the whole relationship probably before that was me trying to prove myself to him that I am a fighter and I am this and I can do this and I can do that and he sensed that the whole time you know um, and I think even when I look back on my own social media, like interviews and stuff that I did after fights, when I watch them now, I'm like, who is that speaking? Like, that's not me. That like I'm just saying things that I think the people want to hear, like trying to emulate Connor or trying to um, say things that I think a fighter should say in these situations. And when I when I watched some of them recently, I was like, I'm so happy that I have moved moved past that. Like, obviously, still very grateful for everything um you know every part it's it, it definitely adds to who i am now like for sure because i just went through um like i've spent like a full lifetime basically and uh, not a full you know what i mean but like a, a long time pretending to be someone else and now i'm like ah, i'm not doing that anymore so i learned from it like some people spend that's what they do for their whole lives and they don't they don't ever gain that awareness of themselves where they can kind of go yeah why am i doing this or do I even like this? And um, you know, am I just do, am I doing this for me, or am I doing it for for other people? Um, so if anything, it kind of helped me to do that. I think starting listening to podcasts and stuff helped with that as well, because you start listening to like Rogan and stuff, and uh, the people he has on, and then their podcasts and stuff. You kind of if you if you go down a good if you get on the right track, you can kind of learn a lot about yourself, because you just hear all these people talking about life experiences and you can learn from them and so like some of the I, I kind of attribute a few different points in my life to big changing points um first one was actually moving to australia first time because it kind of opened my mind up to like oh there's a bigger world out here you know and um i, I kind of just changed at that one at that um at that point and the second one was starting to listen to to rogan and that sounds like really kind of cliche or something but like you just you just you just get opened up to so many interesting people and successful people and um people who think in different ways and um i don't know yeah you just you can learn a lot about yourself oh, there, sure there's you like there's an entire education in oh. in the fifteen thousand fifteen hundred podcasts he's done like it's, yeah it's pretty crazy and all the people he puts you on to yeah yeah and then my third one is uh is doing like uh, ayahuasca so <laughs> <laughs> so there the med- there was only two for a good while but then until a couple of years ago when i, when I started dabbling in like plant plant medicines all right two, two questions for you yeah. here uh <laughs> We'll go to the ayahuasca set yeah. in the ladder. <laughs> yeah. uh, who did you find after you let go of the identity of the fighter? 
Mm, yeah, so, so <laughs> still figured it out. Um, oh, so, have you found? Yeah, so that was 2018. So that that fight that I was supposed to have that got cancelled or that I pulled out of and all that kind of stuff that was 2018. So like from then until still until now, um, I was kind of like trying to figure out who who like what am I going to do now kind of thing who am I now like because I was defined by being a fighter like every conversation I have everyone I met with the first thing would be oh hey Ben when's your next fight you know so it was really hard to let go of that so I didn't tell people for about six months that I actually retired I was just kind of saying um, they'd, they'd be like oh when's your next fight I'd be like oh soon you know like I think I've got something booked in and then I'd say that I was injured and I'd say like this even like the random people like my local butcher for like six months i was like telling them that I, i'm gonna fight soon because i didn't want them to feel like you know that i was a quitter or was this or that so i didn't say anything for a long time and then until i put up a post on um, like facebook and stuff like that i was like because that's how you announce things these days you know so I, I was like all right i'm done whatever i put this off for a while but i'm, I'm retiring and all this kind of stuff and it was only to be honest there was only like a couple of people who were like oh no keep going um <laughs> Sorry, I just remember one of the comments. Uh, some Indian guy, he's like, please, sir, don't don't quit. Kind of <laughs> things. You can do this. I'll see you in the UFC kind of thing. I was like, no. Nah. I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm done. Um, but most people were really, really supportive. Like, uh, Even John was like, all right, cool. What are you going to do now? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm still going to do jiu-jitsu and like, corner people. And um, he was like, oh, so you'll still be around? I was like, yeah. He was like, cool. See you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, that was Sweet. it. Yeah. You know, there was nothing so it was fine but definitely i went through a big process of like trying to find <coughs> what i'm gonna do now what's my big thing now for a while i thought about doing crossfit i was like maybe i'll compete in crossfit um and then i was like or will i do wrestling will i because well, i really like wrestling is probably one of my strongest attributes um but i never really leaned into it much um i was like maybe i can just you know um you know aim for the olympics and wrestling or something it's just see the, the your ego is very intelligent like it um it can it can just latch onto different things and you can think that you're you're growing but actually it's just your ego manifesting in different ways you know so and um, this happens uh, again with spirituality this can happen i think i had this conversation with you um where you know someone um isn't not maybe they're not happy with their life they don't they don't have a great personality maybe they're abusive or they're um, an addict or something like this and then they they do some they have a spiritual experience and then they they're like all right now i'm the spiritual guy and now i'm gonna be more spiritual than anyone else and i'm gonna be you know you, you know i'm i've transcended I, I i am enlightened and you don't know because you're not enlightened so it's just the ego manifesting in a different way in a, and your, your addiction now is being the spiritual one or something you know and this happens a lot um so i, I kind of was like trying to be like um a little bit Oh, I, di I didn't have that awareness then, but like I, I kind of had an idea that I was, that I was just my ego was looking for something to latch onto, you know, whether it be CrossFit or wrestling or. Um, I was still running the coffee brand at that time, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just go all in on this coffee brand. I'm gonna try and open a roastery here and do one in Australia and open one in Barcelona and do this. And but it was never actually my brand, and so then I had it was having all these conversations with the company that I worked for. And I was saying we should split off and this should be a separate company and et cetera, et cetera. And all these grand notions that I had no place really saying. And they were like, all right, well, do you want to buy in? Because it's going to cost you like 120 grand if you want to do that. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't have that much. <laughs> Actually, I don't have anything. But um, so I was just like looking, 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 just trying to find the next big thing, you know. Um, and then it was, it was yeah, so um, 
to answer your question it was a, it was a, it was a process and it's still kind of ongoing it's i think it always will be i think we talked about this as well like it's just i will i hope i hope that i'm just evolving for the rest of my life i don't want to be the same person next week that i am this week you know that'll be it'd be i'd be doing well if i in if i meet someone in a year and they say wow you've really changed i'm like thank you <laughs> um but um the plant medicines definitely um you they they they're a tool like to to kind of give you some sort of self-awareness not all the time but for me they were it w they acted as a tool for me to as a like a mirror you know for myself and um kind of really showed what showed up for me is that like you know i don't need these big goals and big things and stuff like that and uh so now i don't know i'm i'm i'm, I'm i kind of shy away from you know a big thing like being world champion or being this or having the best this or the biggest this or making this much money or doing this and that house and that car and whatever which is which is all i used to think about um now i'm like i, I want to be you know can i be a better listener <laughs> you know can i can i be kinder can i um you know be there for more people can i be more generous can i like they're the things that more that that kind of take up my mind um these days as well as like obviously you have to have some sort of um goals and plans of action like i had a mentor recently i did a few sessions with him and he started talking about goal setting and i was like oh i don't i don't really like goal setting and stuff he's like look you need to have some sort of roadmap <laughs> some sort of idea especially because i was moving here <clears throat> of what i'm gonna do like you otherwise you're just gonna land here and go uh i don't know <laughs> i'm just gonna figure it out so like there was some certain things that we spoke about that um you know i wanted to make sure i i, I kind of put in place early here um which is things like like um, like we're doing right now and just like reaching out to like-minded people having like make sure i'm connecting with them and talking to them and going on podcasts all the stuff that i enjoy doing anyway um so you have to i have to have some idea and i know that i i have a vague idea of that i do want to build some sort of community i don't know exactly what yet but i love I love the idea of building a community um, of like-minded individuals and, and I love the idea of creating spaces for people where they can kind of grow as well like the, in the same way that I did like um, like I messaged a studio last night about about running an ecstatic dance somewhere here in Adelaide oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you've ever come across that no, what's that ecstatic dance is like um, or the other word for it is embodiment it's basically just like do you like dancing I am a dancer. Oh, you're a dancer? Yeah. All right. Okay. So I hate dancing. I'm, I'm a salsa dancer. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. You told me. Oh, awesome. Okay. So you'd love this, probably. Um, but uh, for me, I'm someone who was really at, like... Uh, I was... I was... I've only just, over the last years, took up dancing. Like, okay. Yeah. So I wasn't a dancer leading okay. up to that point. Uh, and were you afraid of it? Or did you feel uncomfortable? So I, it's something that's always been in me that yeah. wanted to get out. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just had this whole, like, fear of... Um, uh, yeah, yeah I just had, I had the fear, and I think I tell people all the time, like, I've done, I've done all the macho things in my life, <laughs> yeah. right? Which I didn't find very scary, whether it be, uh, yeah, like fighting. you know, fighting or you know, you know, lots of lifting types, comps, yeah. and strong, all like all the grrr yeah. type stuff, right? Uh, I had my first dance performance like a month ago. Oh, did you? Oh, uh, wow. That was the scariest thing yeah. that I've ever done because walking on there with like this little lacy, like <laughs> funny looking shirt. Oh, I think I saw a photo <coughs> on your Instagram. Yeah, actually. oh man, yeah, like yeah. for real, like I was like high after that. Like, yeah. and I try and explain it to people and mm. especially everyone outside of like people in my dance world get it and like they all love mm. it. And But everyone outside of that, because all of my other worlds, 
outside of dance are so different to that world. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you so into this shit? I'm like, yeah. you don't understand. Like, I'm like, this yeah. is like the first thing that's made me feel like really alive. Yeah. Because it just takes away that. <coughs> and to be good at it, you have to keep letting go of like not caring how you, because you're going to look silly, like yeah. you look stupid. But I was going to say this about the, the idea of building communities. Mm. There is, I think that's what's so crazy good about um, you know, somebody finding like a good martial arts school. Mm. There is something about going to a space where you have like a growth mind, you have people in a growth mindset, mm. right? Mm. Even if it's like you're getting the shit beaten out, beaten out of you every day, like being in a place where it's like, that's okay, that's your place. One day that won't happen to you. Like just keep rocking up. Like mm. there is power in that and you yeah. become like, you literally grow as a human through yeah. that. Growth mindset is a good one, actually. That I, I, I need to kind of lean more into that because I've heard that come up a few times. I don't really understand it, but uh, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. Just people who are just trying to grow all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, people, you know, somebody having a fixed mindset would be someone who says, uh, I don't, you know, dancing's not for me. Yeah. And like for no no reason. They're yeah, like, it's a story yeah. they're telling themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do talk. All right. So I, I kind of, I know what it is. I just didn't know the term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the dancing. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so ecstatic dance is basically um, you don't need to know how to dance, you don't need to, know how to do anything. It's usually it's just like a workshop, not even a workshop. You're not teaching anything. It's not about teaching anything. Um, you'll have someone generally who leads it, but that's just kind of to loosen everyone up. Um, and it's just like an hour. So let's say, for example, it's an hour. You come in and you just move wh- however you want to move to music I know, I know, where you're, I, know I know what you're well, you just, I know what this is yeah, yeah I understand you can jump up and down you can scream you can yeah. spin around you can sit on the ground you can do nothing yeah however you feel for that hour you just you just express yourself through through movement um, embodiment is like I said is the other name for it and it's um, so embodiment is just the idea of getting out of your head and into your body so it's uh, it's something I, I came across in the past few years and I've done a few sessions and then my mentor that that, that I was uh, speaking to, he he does a lot, and he he does a really good one. So I started t- speaking to him about maybe doing it here. I just think it's a, just an amazing space that you can create for people to just kind of let go and just of get out of that mundane kind of, or the never mind the mundane lifestyle, whatever. Just but get to get out of their head, get out of whatever things are going on in their head, and just kind of feel their body, and it's just it's just fun, like. Um, Obviously, it's different, uh, maybe to salsa and stuff because there's set moves, but it's the same no, 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 idea. No, 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 no I, like I, 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 that's what that's <coughs> why dancing is. So I've, I haven't danced my whole life, like, and then I was always um, really shy about it. And people would try and get you up at weddings. You're like, no, leave me alone, and you become like then the grumpy guy in the corner who didn't want to dance. And then, so I kind of made myself a promise in, a couple of years ago. I'm like, all right, I'm not doing that anymore. Now I'm not allowed to sit down at those functions. So then I just won't won't sit down, and I'll just keep. I'll just keep dancing and I even I set myself little goals like we had there was a wedding in the UK that we went to and I was like when the floor is empty and it's just a DJ I'm, I'm gonna go up and just start dancing by myself and I, and I did it and then like and then the floor fills up with all the people because they see you and I was like this is the most amazing thing ever I was like I can't believe I haven't done this my whole life and um, I just think that kind of letting go like you're talking about and that like just not caring about what people think and um, yeah just like yeah just just going for it like no there, there is power in that and like this is th- this is how I try and explain dancing to most people like everyone has dance you have music in you yeah, for you sure. just have to let it out like it's going to come out in different uh, expressions for people right mm-hmm. like for some people it's going to be you know the music's in them so they find like an instrument to try and yeah. get it out yeah. for some people it's like the voice so they mm. sing uh, for other people it's uh, the physicality of like dance but that's mm. in there it's just you 
you put these barriers um, and you're putting up these barriers not mm. you're not putting them up for yourself it's you're putting up a barrier that's stopping the world from seeing you for mm. who you really are yeah because you're scared that it might not accept you right you're scared mm. that you might look foolish silly uh, insert you know anything that is derogatory yeah. to yeah, you yeah, yeah. but as soon as you realize that it's the, the like the world's kind of just being a reflection of your mm. own insecurity because mm. the more insecure you are in yourself yeah. of just letting go and just being you'll notice that in the, that in the, the world, mirror yeah. the weird the, the weird thing is the way world starts mirroring that yeah that yeah. Too. yeah <coughs> yeah where your focus goes your energy flows or something like that yeah it's it's um yeah you find what you look for in the world if you want negativity there's an abundance of that out there if you want like yeah if you want to go and dance and have fun <laughs> you'll find loads of that out there. yeah of course um yeah it's it's really powerful and it's <coughs> something that actually has been in that was a part of like cultures like historically well, it, it's in every culture it's in like, every culture for a reason you know uh, for a reason and um they say in some of the more kind of um traditional cultures and like um in south americans of the when someone was like depressed or they'd and they come the shaman would ask you know when was the last time you danced when was the last time you sang you know when was the last time you um you meditated or something you know these, these kind of basic things you know um um, and it's just, like it's just it's just an integral part of but it's kind of just been I don't know I don't know suppressed but like yes yeah, society is kind of you know all these it kind of made you feel like ashamed of it or something you know and it, and it something it can come from your childhood like I, I've I've I have memories of like dancing when I was young and someone being like it can be something simple like oh what are you what are you like you dance like an idiot or something and you just stick with that like I know for me like I, I would love to be I've often said that I'd give up nearly every skill that I have to be able to sing because I just love I just love when someone like I just think it's so powerful um, and then like I do have a really distinct memory when I was a kid of my of like singing along to something with headphones on and my brother walking in and be like Jesus you need to get some singing lessons and like it just sticks with you so I think it's like pro stuff that's programmed into us um, but I, I so that's why a lot of people are like nah I don't want to dance I'll look silly or whatever but um, if you can reclaim that um, part of yourself like as you've done and I, as I feel like I'm kind of slowly doing as well it's really really powerful it just feels great I can't yeah like same way you said I can't explain how good it feels just to like let loose a little bit and just move around and because it's exercise as well it's get your blood going and if you're doing salsa and stuff like that you've got that connection with the partner Um that's like that's um that's the other part that I wanted to touch in with dance uh, you know I'm I feel like I feel like we probably have seen a lot of the things in the world in the same sort of view. But mm. one of the other big aha moments I had with dance was, <coughs> so owning the gym over the last 10, 11 years, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, I feel really confident after doing this for, mm. you know, like they mm. get stronger or whatever. And I've always heard it and I understand it logically, but I don't think I ever felt, I never felt what they said, right? Cause I was like, you know what? I've just been around this so yeah, long that I've never felt more I didn't feel more confident lifting more weight than when I first ever walked into a gym. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of the same <coughs> thing with like uh, combat sports or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. but uh, this thing happened with dancing, right? When you first start, especially in the uh, the salsa world, right? You, as the male, have to ask females to dance with you, <coughs> and you have to, uh, yeah, just go through that process like mm -hmm. quite a, quite a lot. Like you have to go up to someone's like, hey, do you want to dance? Mm -hmm. And it's like a very simple thing, but oh man, that's so difficult. <laughs> there's something to doing that like yeah. hundreds of times. Yeah, where it opens you, know, you up, just well, cracks just, you open. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And now 
you know, I could, and I can do this now. I can go to any dance place and I can grab someone and dance with them. And there's like probably like a confidence that I can probably take to it mm -hmm. that I've just gained from just those repetitions and putting mm -hmm. myself in that position. And I always say this to people, like for me, dancing has brought me this confidence that I didn't know I could have. And it's funny because it came from... It's a different type of confidence as yes, well. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. that whole like... It's more for, me that, for me, that was probably the most uncomfortable thing. Like mm. going up to a stranger to tell them to ask them to dance yeah. when I feel like I'm a shitty dancer. Yeah. But do it enough times and you cross over that bridge and you realize, wow, like what else? And this is the thing with dance for me. It's enlightened me to what other... Because th for a long time, I thought I was doing hard things, mm. but I quite enjoy the traditionally t hard things. Those things aren't yeah. hard for me. I was yeah, like, yeah. what are some other things that maybe aren't so hard that actually I shy away quite a lot from yeah. because they are challenging to me, yeah. whether it be dance or, you know, insert whatever. Yeah, like yeah, being vulnerable around people, Tell <coughs> telling people how you feel. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, stuff like that. Oh, that's I'm in the same I'm the same kind of buzz as well. Yeah, because we've done the like you said the macho stuff. You know, I know I can fight. I know I can, and um, well, I don't know about now, but <laughs> I know I could fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I know I can lift weights. I know I can when I when I put my mind to it. I can you know squat two hundred or deadlift two fifty or whatever. Um. But yeah, it doesn't seem hard anymore. It's just it's kind of there's still it's it's good to do that stuff. Um, and but yeah, all the all the other stuff now. I think I'm, what you're gonna say there is you're kind of look for you're trying to look for all that kind you're of. You're trying to find stuff, the yeah. other hills to climb. So you climb one like hill. Dancing, now you're yeah, singing. I like because I'd love to be able to sing, and I I don't. Um, and when you talk to, I don't know if you ever talked to a singing instructor, but they all say the same thing. They're like, oh, everyone can sing. Well, you know, I, I, I'm a musician, so yeah. that, that was my first foray into like all this. Okay, work. cool. And they're like, everyone has a voice and all this. And I started doing the different singing workshops, work, singing workshops as well at the different retreats I'd go to. And it's just like, and it's just so fun. Like, um, you can find that stuff. I'm trying to think of now something else we could do. What else? What else could we do? Oh, man, like this, this, <laughs> I mean, so for example, like one of the things that I think I've opened myself up to recently that mm. I think it's one of the things we connected over was like, I grew up being... I grew up with lots of different religious backgrounds. Mm. Like religion was a big part of my life, spirituality. Mm. And then I went and studied uh, philosophy uh, at university nice. for a period, which actually made it really hard for me to continue with the, my spirituality. And, you know, I went from, uh, you know, some, being someone who believed in God mm -hmm. until about their 18, 19, yeah. to then kind of renouncing it and saying, mm. I don't believe in this anymore. <coughs> and probably only recently have I, Kind of, kind of come back to it. I have like a hundred percent in a different way. In a different way, yeah. Mm. You know, and, and I, I keep referring to it as the universe. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm trying to get over that thing. Like God is not a dirty word. Yeah. You know, because it's just it's just your everyone's your image of God can be different than the traditional image of, of God course. or whatever. You know. But yeah, God for me, universe and God are kind of interchangeable. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just and I'm kind of just using that word just so I don't alienate probably certain people. Yeah. Um, or, or so that I can attract certain people when I'm mm. in my speech. But it's that, like, I think for a long time, I just, I found some of that stuff uh, scary because it, it simplified a world, uh, yeah, I guess it simplified the world a little bit for me in a way that I just wasn't comfortable with. Yeah. You know, like, because there's so much to, to letting go and trusting mm. that, you know, some things are just meant to happen or some things yeah. are meant to be. Instead of feeling like we have this sense of, we want to feel like we're in charge of this mm. um, this vehicle. So so good. They were, yeah. Joe Rogan had this guy on his podcast. Uh, 
I think he used to be in a punk rock band back in the 70s and he kind of explained that, you know, your life is kind of like you're in this plane, let's say it's going from, you know, Ireland to, you know, Australia. Mm. Your life is going to go in that direction. Regardless. There's, there's nothing yeah. you can do. Mm. You can have a good time in the plane yeah. on the way there or you can have a really bad time. Mm. But you're still going to end up where you're going to end up. And that feeling of changing the course is mm. like an illusion. Mm. And I think... That's nice. Yeah, I <laughs> if, think... If it was true, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, 100%. And I think... Because you're like, it doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? But remain within the morals and don't kill people. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, that, don't hurt anyone. that time in that plane yeah. could be really shitty, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You can, once, you, you, once you practice <laughs> all the, like, the Buddhism... Yeah, exactly. Stuff, yeah, don't, don't hurt anyone, though. But yeah. how, how have you navigated through that? Like, I guess... Uh, exercising more of a letting go kind of attitude because you kind of mentioned that with not having not setting so many goals yeah i don't know like it was pretty like it was pretty f <clears throat> because when i when i first had the first experience with ayahuasca like i was just opened up to this whole world of, of this spirituality kind of stuff um and it's weird now because i don't i would I, I wouldn't like be like you need to do this raul because it will change your life even though it did change my life it's it's just a tool you know and it but it took me a few years to realize that in retrospect and you can get to the same place without it for sure if you have the the first step is awareness which i think you already have you know i didn't have it until i kind of started dealing with plant medicines like having awareness around yourself is the first step towards like healing i'll say um or maybe changing or evolving or whatever way you want to look at it um so yeah for me it was it was really all of a sudden it was like whoa like just this big mirror kind of came up um you know and i was really seeing myself in this different light and seeing life in this different light and it was just one of the most profound experiences i ever had um and it was all just kind of like a bit much at the start so i was navigating it weirdly you know weirdly i was i was i, I was that person who was like now i'm the spiritual person you know and um even, like strange things like i was trying to avoid the word god for example because i'm like well god god doesn't exist and because it's actually like we're all connected and stuff like that like which i obviously i believe but um it, it kind of it can bring up negative things where you're like you're how do i put this like um ram das talks a lot about this i don't know if you know ram das he's like a spiritual kind of leader um he's passed away now but he's talked about this a lot he said he'd be in the indian the ashrams and he'd be you know meditating every day and and uh you know just doing all the usual spiritual stuff and uh um and then he'd kind of come home and his dad would say something arbitrary like um so do you have a job <laughs> and, and he'd like instantly be like brought like all the way down yeah he's like he's but he's going back to spread the good word of 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 you know um of um what's what um what's the word look for like collective consciousness we're all one and love is the answer and then you hear um what how are you gonna make money <laughs> you know and he said then he just kind of developed this list of things that brought him down and and this is kind of one of these traps you can fall into because um if you you know say you know you're you're you run a gym and stuff like that and i'm only into stuff uh that's about like weightlifting and stuff and if you talk about this i don't want to i don't want that i don't that's nothing to do with me i don't want i don't want to talk about that it's just gonna make me or i'll be like i don't want to talk about politics it brings me down i don't want to talk about religion it brings me down i don't want to do like and there's all these things that kind of can can kind of bring you down per se but like so for the, i was like this for a long time i was kind of like you know thinking that i was on a you know righteous path to enlightenment um 
but I felt like, and I might change my mind in a few years, you know, um, hopefully. And then, um, uh, but I, I realized that I was actually, you know, what's the word? Um, I wasn't really getting it, you know. I don't know how to explain it really, but you know, I wasn't really getting it. Um, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, th I think this is something that is so uh, common. You know, as soon as people kind of become aware of like new age type thinking, like yeah, you, you try and shun everything that isn't to do with like yoga and, <coughs> and beads and meditating and and acai bowls. Yeah, yeah, like, you don't want to know, you know about it. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a stereotype. Like you, yeah. you give up meat. You yeah. start going to yoga classes. You start yeah, dressing exactly. like. That uh, was a, me. a certain way. Yeah, that was <laughs> you me. You start growing your beard. Yep. Start growing you, my um, hair. Start growing know, my beard. Ironically, you start trying to figure out how to look like Jesus. Yeah, I was like, Russell Brand is my idol now, you know, and I do love Russell Brand. So do but, I. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's why I started doing. I, I was like, I'm going to do Kundalini yoga. I'm going to do all this stuff, and I'm glad I did it all, um, because it just you kind of have to do. It. You have to go through the process, you know. <coughs> you just have to go through it. Um, so it, it was just an interesting kind of like I was that person. I was kind of like. Uh, just doing all this crazy stuff and but then what you realize over time is that um if you're really going to, if you really <clears throat> want to go down that spiritual path or that's the kind of life you want to live or like it's uh, it, if you if you're going to say that you're all loving and stuff then you have to love everything you know and that includes the, it includes the, the hard conversations. It, it includes um, everything. Includes um, the bad, the bad people in the world, the rapists, the murderers, the politicians, the government, um, the the pigeons, the you know the seagulls who steal your food here in Australia, um, <laughs> the the magpies who swoop you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but if you're gonna say you're all loving, you're gonna you're gonna be going on that path of being a spiritual person, which is a worthwhile path in my in my because at the in my opinion because. At, um, at its core it's about you know being kind and and um, being self-aware and um you know being all loving and stuff if you're gonna do that you have to you have to walk like walk the walk the talk you have to walk the walk talk talk walk the walk yeah, yeah. you got to do both you know you, so you can't be like oh i love everything and then someone mentions uh something material like, oh, i'm gonna buy a new house ah, i don't need a house uh that's silly you're just um you know that's a material thing i don't want to you know what i mean that material is made the same thing as you are so yeah oh look, I, I call on, a, on an atomic level i call this the um mm. you know this drives me nuts uh and i probably need to work on how much this affects me <laughs> but I, I see this um i call this the instagram effect right like yeah. we live in a world where everyone's trying to be like an influencer and i see people all the time put on like all these like motivational quotes like you can do anything and then i see them in person they're bitching about like you know like oh karen's a stupid bitch like yeah. bit of shit. and i'm like dude like you just wrote today like just you know good shit. vibes like uh love everyone yeah. blah 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 and now yeah. you're being a cunt like yeah it happens a lot yeah 100 yeah. percent. and yes yeah, so you got it if you're gonna do one like just do it like if you're gonna if you're gonna say this you should live it um and i like i wasn't doing that when i was fighting and then for a while like at the start of the my, <coughs> my what i'll call the start of my spiritual kind of path i, I wasn't doing it either i'd say things and wouldn't really be practicing those things or you know and again it, it, it kind of ties into pressure from social media and you again wanting to look a certain way or or whatever it's a tricky it's a tricky one to navigate i still struggle with it um i'm, I'm thinking I'm, uh, i've got a good hold of it now i've got a more healthy relationship with it now um where i'm not trying to think about what other if i want to say something i'll say it if i want to do something i'll do something if 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 i feel like i have something to share i'll share it you know no, um, but whereas it kind of it, you kind of get programmed into being like oh, i have to share something what will i share oh maybe i'll talk about uh being grateful 
and uh, how can I do that? Oh, I'll put a picture of my ass up. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, because everyone's grateful for my ass. Um, yeah, of course, I don't yeah. know. But even me saying that now, like, um, like I have to have awareness around what I just said there. Like, and be like, right, well, why did you say that? Um, and it's like I'm I'm jealous of someone who has a big following, um, and, and I I deem what they do to not be, you know worthy of a big following and stuff so like it's it's a weird it's a weird path as well it's a struggle it's a struggle because the more aware you become like the more analytically the more you're in your head which then is actually the opposite of what you should be doing so there's this weird thing you read Eckhart Tolle yeah. you? Uh, he talks about this a lot like and he talks a lot about um, you know you're trying to be present and then you're thinking about being present and then but the fact that you're thinking about it means that you're not present. <laughs> Maybe, you know, and it's just this weird cycle of kind of... I'm going to give you like a really random example, but it's something that I noticed. Uh, he he rambles on about some crazy things nowadays, so I can't say that I advocate for him very much, but there used to be this YouTuber back in the day, his name yeah. is Elliot Hulse. Okay, Elliot Hulse. He used to have something called Strength Camp. Oh, um, I know. I know what he looks. He's like the shaved head dude with, yeah. the, with the real. Uh, it's got glasses. Poignant eyes or something. Like, yeah. Are his eyes like really bright or something? Yeah. Or, I don't know if it's contacts. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I know him. the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to wear like combats. <coughs> um, I, I know the guy. Yeah. yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he. I mean, he's gonna go. Have you seen his stuff no, lately? No, okay. No, no. We'll just pretend like he doesn't exist now. Uh, <laughs> but he made it. He so people, he'd do this thing where you could send him questions and he'd answer them right. Mm. And he for a while there when he first. I think must have had like a spiritual awakening because mm-hmm. he um, went heaps into all the woo-woo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody brought up this idea of like how does a man who's confident like mm-hmm. uh, look, right? And he took the question and went really sideways with it. But what he said about what, when, what I'm going to share now is something that stuck with me and I now see it in so many different facets. So he kind of gave this explanation of like what the actual posture of confidence is. Mm-hmm. And it's like... um. He kind of equated it, I think, to like uh, the kind of like the standard posture most like dads eventually have, which is like just like a big be- like big belly out. Yeah. Like it's actually like not what you imagine. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was saying like how like there's all these triggers that happen when you're like when you actually just don't care anymore mm-hmm. and you're just like I just am. Yeah. You actually adopt a certain. Yeah. Like you physically adopt a certain uh, yeah. way of be- like carrying yourself, mm. uh, which is like kind of like. Um, like a very exaggerated thing i guess we can kind of all think about right mm. is that why females are attracted to dad bods <laughs> maybe i don't know they, do, they talk about that a lot i've seen a lot of, a lot of stuff about that they that do that's like the new being being ripped is like a dad bod maybe that's why maybe because it means you're kind of you're okay with yourself or something maybe yeah i don't know uh but yeah like uh, it would make sense because along mm. those lines right like and then i think about it and i'm like you know what you could have like a room of like savages right and it could just be an older man who comes in mm-hmm. and there is something like there's an authority that you just have mm-hmm. once you've lived yeah little, you, we've all felt yeah. it right like and i started thinking about it i'm like and then after i noticed this i started paying attention who are people that i know that are really comfortable with themselves like mm-hmm. just carry them and often i just kind of i was working in a nursing home at the time so i just saw lots of people who'd lived a lot <coughs> who maybe didn't have these like philosophical mm-hmm. insights right like i'm that douchey uh kid who like knows all the new age stuff knows mm-hmm. all like this philosophy terms right and like i'm trying to put everything into boxes all yeah, the time yeah, right yeah. but then i meet all these people in my life who have no context about any of these things but are like living but they're doing it anyway yeah. they are being it they're not yeah. like and 
I had this lesson. I learned this lesson really young. Like, there's, so, you know, it's that's the end goal. Mm-hmm. Like, they've people eventually, everyone kind of, because everyone eventually will get to the point where you just realize the lessons life had to teach. Life had mm-hmm. to teach you, hopefully, and then you just end up being. Um, but yeah, hopefully. I had this. Yeah, I just had this realization of like, there's some people that I already know who have this high, maybe high lo- level of self awareness, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just high le- level of self love. Mm where they just are happy to be and there's and you know this we had this conversation last time mm. there's something about that energy that just feels like authentic yeah it's like when you meet someone who's like a who's who's you know a bit of a dickhead right mm-hmm. if they're authentically being a dickhead it actually comes out the right yeah. way yeah yeah it's true it's true <laughs> like yeah as opposed to someone who's trying to be a dickhead yeah. you're like i hate this guy yeah but if someone that's who they are, yeah, it actually just comes across right. And they're intended. If they're intended, yeah. is kind of yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I sometimes <coughs> Janet calls me out, and that's the kind of stuff. Like I'll, I'll say things a lot <clears throat> that um, if I if I had bad intent, that I'd be a dickhead, you know. But because I'm actually just trying to make someone laugh or something, you know, it comes across in a way that I get away with it. Yeah, and um, because people can, I think, pick up on the fact that oh, I'm just I'm just trying to make you smile or. You know, I, I mean well. Um, How did you first, I guess, uh, develop self-awareness? We've brushed on it very lightly mm. uh, about energy. I think it's something that's always been there for me. I, like I've always been one of those people. I'm like, oh, I'm just if I just put my like I said earlier, where where your where your focus goes, your your um, energy flows, kind of thing. I'm like, if I just put my my kind of focus onto this thing, I know that it'll just work out. Like, and I've always been like that. But, um my mom's always said that I'd, I'd fall into a pile of shit and come up smelling like roses. That's how, how she describes me, you know, because I just, I don't know. I think I've always had that awareness of, like, energy um, and, and this kind of concept of, like, you know, what I put out, I will I will get back and stuff and that it's it's cyclical. cyclical and, that, you know, and I, and I love that kind of concept. We were just having this conversation before I came here. I was with um, Janet and her sister and one of her friends. We were talking about just energy and you know, um, you know, when you have that person who's walking around in like a bad mood, and then they just attract kind of bad things. You know, worse. You know, like oh, yeah, I had a really bad day. This happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. You know, and then you probably you felt the opposite when you have a, when you're having a really good day, and then just all these good things just keep happening. And um, so I really believe in that kind of energy attracting and everything. That's where it, I suppose the term like resonation and stuff comes from, because you're like operating on the same frequency. I think everything vibrates on a different. I think that's. I don't know enough about it to be honest, but I, I I definitely feel it all. I think I had it early on though, but I didn't really have the language for it. I didn't really have the the kind of aware like I I was aware of it happening, and because I've always been like ah like it'll work its way out you know. And then even talking to one of my best friends from back home earlier, and he was like, "What are you gonna do there in Adelaide?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna you know." do this or whatever and he's like ah, it'll just work out like it always does for you you know so people other people around me are aware of it as well like and my brothers would be aware of it that i just it's just a it's like a way of living isn't it and then so i think i just always had it i think and i feel lucky in that sense because i don't know where it came from i don't know if it came from martial arts or it's something that you're born with or i don't know i don't know what it is um so you've probably had a lot of growth as a human due to all your experiences mm. and um Uh, I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure wh- how the people are that you're surrounded by, but mm. uh, we all have people that we've, what am I trying to say here? So 
some people will come to maybe some of the self-awareness or some of the realizations that you've had mm. uh, at a much later date in mm. life, right? Yeah. Some people don't come to these, some, some of these realizations till they're you know, 50. The some people don't really, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, and you probably would have had a lot of growth. Um, you're in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, how did you manage to gr- grow so much as a person while being in a relationship? I've been in a relationship. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, Jan, like my partner now, Janet, who were, were engaged, like she, um, she is one of those people who you were talking about earlier, who like if you, they, they don't know all of the language, they don't know of all the new age stuff, but they just are living that life of being like I call Janet an enlightened person because I think that she is. Um, um, I, I don't think she thinks of it that way, but um, um, she's just one of these amazing people. Though I, I like to describe her as one of those people who just make the world a better place just by being in it. She's just like so loving and so like she has such great self awareness, um, like full of empathy, full of love, full of understanding. You know, has her moments like all of us, but will always come back to just and uh, um, this kind of just great, great person all around. Um, and then that resonates with like everyone around her. It's like, oh wow, she's amazing, that kind of thing. You know, um, so. Like if and if anything out of two of us, like she's the more, like she's if if we're looking at levels of spirituality or, and like she wouldn't call herself a spiritual person at all, but it's like she's transcended that and I I like like I I call her enlightened, um, so you know you probably have a better conversation with her to be honest, but <laughs> she, <laughs> but like I I just kind of I I just on that kind of self work, um path so I. I I can talk about it more because I've gone through it. Whereas I think she's just kind of always been like that. So she didn't. I don't know. She she just didn't didn't necessarily go through all of the. I don't know. I haven't thought about it deeply enough. No, but, no so I've, but, this but, is this has happened to me a few times, right? Like um, uh, yeah, this would be like my business partner. She mm. is yeah, probably like heaps like that. Mm. She is just it doesn't I don't think thinks about these things too much I mean just I ramble, great person I ramble on about them and <laughs> yeah. like it often it just seems like yeah do you didn't know that like it's yeah. pretty like standard yeah or you know and then other times we'll just dismiss things that I think are very relevant that mm. in time I'll realize you know what that wasn't that relevant and I get why yeah. you seem so blase about it yeah uh, it's it so with that in mind though uh, my own little theory about this years ago was um and this has happened to me a few times with different people I've met. There's people who come into this world with way more mm. like emotional, spiritual knowledge than mm. some of, like some of us just have to learn it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like the first time we've seen it. Whereas for other people, yeah, it just seems like it just yeah. was in them. And you wonder, is it a nature or a nurture thing? You know, like I wonder, is, does that come about from their childhood or, or something like that? Something has just clicked for them or have they always had it? Or, you know, is it like in Buddhism where they've reincarnated and, yeah, you know, um, they've learned through all their lives that they've had. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is, but like, I think you're definitely right. Like there's, yeah, there's just those people you meet and they're just like, you know, it's very Zen or whatever, whatever it is. They're just like, you know, pretty solid, like for whatever reason. And then, you know people like me who, and, and maybe you and maybe we're just kind of like ah what do i do like what do i do i yeah. just gotta figure all this stuff <laughs> yeah. out and that usually like like it's not a bad thing like you gotta do it like but um you know we're yeah there's definitely those people out there 
Um, so I think being in a relationship for me like that, I like again in the conversation I had before here, I was like, you know, if it wasn't for Janet, for I'd be off in the Amazon with a with a giant beard and long hair, no shoes, and just doing plant medicines every week. And all she's kind of like what grounds me, um, because she's like, as although I say she's like enlightened stuff, yeah, she wouldn't be very spiritual. She wouldn't be talking about energy and all this kind of stuff. But although I think it, it she's practicing it without knowing it. Yes. Um. Which is also very logical and very grounded, very like um, practical. Um, um, you know, if I say I want to, I'm a dreamer, you know, maybe in the same way that you are, like we we're kind of like, ah, oh, do this, I'll do that, and whatever. Here, here's the last question um, that I'll, I'll it's like a big question. Yeah. Uh, so you just said you're a dreamer, mm-hmm. and. I don't, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, like, I don't mean <coughs> in terms of goal, I just think no, no. like. I just, I'm always, like, I'm in that growth mindset all the time. Like, I'm always, like, you know, just, I can be evolving or it can be, yeah. When, what am I trying to say? I realized a while ago that if you think it, Mm. it can kind of be it Mm. uh, with big quotation marks. Yeah. But a lot of that comes into just, but you really do have to think it, right? And the more you, the more you let yourself live in a world or live in a space where you have the time to think, which is kind of mm. me bringing this conversation full circle, full circle to where we yeah. started. Mm. Uh, you know, if you give yourself the place in your head to to dream, like mm. to just take the time to just have a thought and let that thought become a thing, like mm. that thought, that thought that is just a thought, eventually does one day become a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, have you had a moment where you've gained the awareness and the consciousness of that? And what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, yeah, pretty much everything I've ever t- done, I've thought about a lot, like, and because um, I think there there is a power to the thinking that doesn't mm. get spoken about enough because it's it's so like yeah, what's well, like visualization? There's, there's yeah. nothing to do with it, right? But it's mm. like for some people, it's like I remember before having a gym, I thought about the gym yep. like for ten thousand hours more. Do you know what I mean? Like just everything about like. Yeah just I was living in it there was this constant like mm. desire in my being to like you need to do this thing like you need mm. to do this thing yeah and then Con- like Connor would be one of those people who talks about that a lot <coughs> you know um, <clears throat> and yeah he, he would say he's driving along in his old like Fiat Punto or whatever and he's just imagining that it's a Merc and all this kind of stuff and um, I think it's huge um, but as a, as, a, as a caveat though I'd say that the thing that you're thinking about if it's not in line with who you are, who you really are, not not just who you think you are, then I don't I don't think that will happen. I don't think it'll be a struggle. So I think um, for me that that was fighting for me, you know. So everything just felt like an uphill battle all the time. And although I was visualizing and I was thinking about this and thinking about that and stuff, um, you know, it didn't really manifest in that way. And, and I'm thankful that it didn't because you know whatever. But I noticed that if if something, if I'm thinking about something. And then it does happen. It's usually the thing that's is way more, you know, is more in line with who I am. It's way more beneficial. Or um, so I think it, your 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 inner purpose and your inner like self and who you are has to be in line with the thing that you're thinking about. Yeah, and, and, and then it will work. Yeah, and I, I do think that's a that's a very important caveat so, because so you can like you can think about um, yeah, I want this, and you you told me something a story about this where you're thinking about something that you wanted that you didn't really you thought you wanted and then it turns out you didn't really want it in, in the way that it came to you, whatever, you know, and that happens as well. And it, 
right? So I think it everything has to kind of line up. Yeah. You know, so thinking obviously is very powerful, but you can't like if it's something that's completely like you know, I don't know, some uh, something really silly like I want the Merc like or something. You know, you you, know, you probably don't need a Merc. You probably don't like you probably don't don't really want it. You probably just want the 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 image of someone who has one or something like yeah, that. But course, whereas yeah. if it's something more pure and more in line with who you are, I think you've got a higher chance of of of, of it actually happening. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know shit. No, no, man. That, that, <laughs> I know <good>. nothing. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we're all just uh, we're all just people who don't know anything. We're yeah, just, we're just kind of harboring our best guess. Exactly. But like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've felt that for sure. I felt like, oh, I want this. I want this. I want that. Uh, do I really want it? Oh, I think so. And then, like, you're not going to get that thing. But if you're like, if it's something that's usually uh, like the word pure is coming to mind. Like, if it's something more pure and more like it's not a thing you want or it's not a, it's just like yeah i don't know I'm, I'm a bit i'm a bit kind of um in a gray area with with that one it's the same with um i've seen this in same with positivity you know yeah yeah i've like, seen i've kind of seen this in uh church groups a lot mm. uh there is an odd amount of often success within church groups like okay. people who are highly successful oh cool um and they often all have like a very uh there's like a I don't do this for me I do this for God okay. kind of like yeah higher purpose yes and that like that that framing mm. is like so power like yeah it's powerful beyond like I think what most people can understand you know what I mean like it's just coming from a whether the yeah, intention is right or not it's yeah. just you know there's like an there's extra of a sense of purpose rather yeah. than like I want to do this because I want this or whatever yeah if it's like no this will will yeah God's will or whatever and whether yeah. it's whether it's true or not like they just they maybe. It's like if you believe it see, hard yeah, enough, yeah. yeah, and I can see I'm like, oh, you have more gears than the average person because mm. you need more gears because like you don't see this as you like need that driving force. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Not just, it's not, it's it's more than just you know, yeah, just more than just you involved in it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Like, um, I came across this concept recently. It was, um, I think it was called like, what was it called? I'm gonna pull up my phone. Hold it's on, alright, because <laughs> I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna say it, the word wrong. Um. It's just this concept of kind of something in line with what we're talking about there, and um, basically we're figuring out what you want to do, um, and it was like this Japanese concept. Let me find it. It's called ikigai. Have you heard of that? I'm not. So it's like this Japanese concept um, that means a reason for being, and it's like it, this kind of like chart that kind of helps you figure out. Oh yeah. Um, like you, what you should be doing, something like that. And there's like different sections of it. One is what you love one is what you're good at um, one is what you get paid for and then one is what the world needs and it's a what do you call them a Venn diagram is that what it's called yeah. and there's all these intersections and it shows like if you're doing something that you love and something that you're good at um, and you get paid for but the world doesn't need it then like you end up like you're comfortable but you've got this feeling of emptiness and then there's like there's a there's a description for each one of those and then right in the middle is the ikigai it's like if you can figure out i'm gonna do a video on this soon because i just think it's a really interesting concept so i think it's yeah if you have like a higher purpose if the world needs it if it's serving something more higher than yourself it's a much bigger driving factor than like yeah i just want to do this because i want to have a good income or whatever but if you're like i want to do this because i think the world's gonna be a better place like that's or for the, for those more religious um, people in those church groups, maybe for them it's like I think that this is God's will, or I think this is what I'm supposed to do, or something. That's a huge driving force. Um, yeah, so maybe I should uh, get on that buzz. 
and uh yeah figure out what i think the world needs and then mm, yeah because with fighting stuff it's very selfish you know it's like oh, i just want to be champion of the world why ah i don't know just like gold and money and <laughs> I, mean, so I want, I want this, to dominate lots like of people well this is something that like how many times has this been said as like a ufc speech right especially yeah. maybe like from brazil it's like you know i did this for mm. god i did this for jesus yeah yeah it's like you made the shit out of yeah son. yeah <laughs> jesus loves knockouts <laughs> yeah yeah john used to say um he's like you can thank god in your speech after your fight but if you if you thank if you you got to thank me first <laughs> <laughs> you know he's like that's cool but thank me first and uh you know it's funny yeah but um yeah like that kind of but yeah your higher purpose doesn't have to be a, a god in the traditional sense i suppose it can be yeah like helping the world and stuff I, like i've really started to kind of think more about how can do stuff like that like stuff like um um like pres like animal preservation and um you know all the work that's going on up in the great barrier reef and stuff with the preserving all the corals up there and i just started thinking like uh, what well, maybe i can just like get in get involved in that kind of stuff because it all seems really worthwhile on that whole climate change buzz and stuff like maybe that stuff maybe i maybe like i feel like if you that that just seems way more worthwhile than oh like i mean i tell own, i owning a something oh no 100 percent. i tell uh i've been involved in charities for a long time just doing something for someone else is mm. like it's like this selfish thing right like mm. it's like this yeah. feeling that you can't buy mm. right like and if you can just you know there's so many everyone has a thing that they can give time to right mm. maybe you don't have time maybe you have money like you, there's yeah. a thing you can give money to there's a thing that you yeah. can uh give mentoring to yeah. whatever it for is for me i think it's going to be video and like creating and documentaries and whatever whatever i think that's what's going to be mm. for me um and it can be even something simple like youtube video like even sharing a concept like that on youtube yeah, of course. for me i actually do deem that to be of a higher purpose than it's so i'm not just trying to serve myself by making a video that becomes popular i'm like I'm thinking about someone seeing that and saying, "Oh, actually, yeah, maybe I, maybe I should do this thing or whatever, you know." So yeah. I'd, I'd love to just lean into that more, and you know, but it's so it's hard, like, isn't it, like, to do everything? Oh, it's very <laughs> You're hard. Like, man. oh man, I just want to do this. <laughs> I'm gonna do that, and I have to do this. And I have to make money, but I have to do this, and um, but um, I'm trying to just be more strict on myself and just be like, just do, you know, what you feel. Like coming here i started like kind of speaking I, I told you that i i really enjoyed the time driving here i started just word i do this a lot when i'm by myself or i'm, wor I'm wording out like a video or something i'm speaking like as, as i would do in a video and i was kind of like talking about just embracing change and stuff like kind of in line with me coming over here but i'm just like just make that like just go home and make that video you know and i, I find that myself a lot that i just procrastinate too much and then the idea is gone and all this kind of stuff i need to just uh I'm being self-deprecating now, but um, I need to just start uh, kind of jumping on that because I think when you feel that urge, like that purpose, if you if you can just jump on it and do it to round it out, um, that's that's when things will just start happening for you. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's just it's letting yourself just connect to the universe yeah. a little bit more. You yeah, because it's coming not, in, not putting that barrier of like what you know, because procrastination is just all the reasons why you don't think that's worthy. Yeah, um, and I think some of the you know, ignorance sometimes is bliss, like they're not processing yeah. and filtering it just, and because yes. the more you engage in that creativity, like the more of it will flow. Yeah, it's cutting through the conditioning, like, because you start thinking of all the things that we've been conditioned to think, but if you let it, I, I, I love the idea that ideas aren't, aren't your own. So, I love the idea of them coming from the universe through you and then your job is kind of to, to, you know, to, to be the catalyst and let them come out. And yeah, if you can, a time is kind of like the, the, the thing that can kind of, um, kind of ruin that. 
if you just if you sit on it too long and then you're like nah i won't do that i'll do something different and then all these different things start coming into your head but if you can just act on those yeah it'd be pretty um i think if all of us could just do that it'd be pretty pretty good place it'd be very good act, i think act. i think that's a good place to leave it man we've yeah. done almost two hours <laughs> that always happens <laughs> i always end up doing really long podcasts and people are like this is the longest one i've ever done i just love talking so no nah, it's good man that's that's, <laughs> the whole, that's the whole point of podcast if anyone made it this far <coughs> we really appreciate you we do if people want to find you or follow you ben uh where can they do so um pretty much everywhere i'm just ben foresight um so j-u-s-t-b-e-n-f-o-r-s-y-t-h you just put that into instagram and twitter and youtube and you'll find me and uh yeah cool really thank you very much for coming on today man yeah, uh, and fun. thank you for listening if you made it to this part of the podcast <laughs> yeah good job